never seen Mike Matheson and Alexei Kovalev in the same place together. Aha! So you haven't. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins, which comes your way every weekday morning, bright and early. The Penguins were 4-1 to winners last night in Boston. And yes, I said Boston as a certain iconic play-by-play man would say they won there for the first time since the 8th grade picnic. And they did so on the strength of, you know, all the usual stuff they've been doing lately. They defended hard. They made life easy enough on Casey DeSmith. He still had to come up with a few big saves. They produced some timely goals. Their skill guys, their top guys, created. Sidney Crosby created like crazy. And then Matheson happened. The man does things that just make you go, A, wow, and B, why can't he do this all the time? And C, we don't care if he ever defends. <laughs> and that's Kovalev. For those of you who don't go back all that far in your uh, passionate following of the local hockey franchise, there was only one Kovalev. There was only one player who you could look out there and watch him do things that were so extraordinary that no less an authority than Mario Lemieux once called him the most talented guy he'd ever seen. I mean, think about that. And yeah, if you read it the right way, it, it almost sounds like, you know, like a sideways jab because that's that's kind of the same thought process when you're, when you're thinking about the kinds of plays that Matheson can make on occasion. On this one, he... He won the puck deep in the Pittsburgh zone, banked it off the boards to himself, which is apparently some kind of trademark with him, took off up ice, badly beat the Boston defender, the last one back, and then swung violently, powerfully back into the inside to swoop all the way across the Boston crease and whip the puck home on the forehand. And believe it or not, even that wasn't the most Kovalev thing about the goal. It was instead that he went sliding on his rear end because of the, the sheer momentum of his skating into the left wing boards didn't crash, didn't hurt himself or anything like that, and at the same time has almost no reaction to this. Like he's waiting almost sheepishly for his teammates to come to him, you know, marveling with their eyes bugging out of their heads and everything else, and he's just like, yeah, good job, boys, good job, boys. 
and not in that way like where you're trying to deliberately downplay something you know how some people do that where like they do something so fantastic and they think it'll be that much more fantastic if they just kind of he's not that he's actually here listen to his description his own description of the goal and how he starts it off by actually complimenting someone else well Ange made a great play to me uh into the middle there and uh as i got the puck i just uh, took a look up and, and saw that there was some open ice and felt like uh, after a couple of steps that I was I was gaining some speed and, and was maybe able to get by him. So I just tried to beat him to the, to the second post and, and it ended up opening up. No way, dude. There was only one great play made in this sequence. This was the ultimate unassisted goal. But that also was something that Kovalev would do. He had this, he knew he could and should do these things. Which was why the other thing that would drive you nuts about Kovalev is that the only time he would ever produce consistently was in the playoffs. It was in the biggest games in the playoffs. Because he was out there thinking, huh, you know, I actually have to do something a little bit extra here. And I know that I can. And so all these things, these ridiculous things that he would do only on occasion in the regular season, he would pull them off in the playoffs. Now, before I take this thing a little too far, there are a couple of notable striking differences between these two examples. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. Fubo TV costs 65 bucks a month compared to 200 bucks a month that you pay for your cable. Fubo TV offers you DVR at no extra cost. Fubo TV comes without any installation. Fubo TV has no contracts and you can cancel any time. Fubo TV has AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh so you can watch Mike Matheson do that stuff that he did. Last night you also can watch the Pirates do what they did. Equally successful yesterday at Wrigley Field. For our listeners only, Fubo TV is offering a 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month. All you got to do is go to FuboTV.com slash DK. One more time, that's FuboTV.com slash DK to get this deal. Differences between Matheson and Kovalev. One is that Matheson's engine doesn't stop. Kovalev's would. Kovalev would go into total space cadet mode where he would just kind of float around and he'd have seven or eight games where you'd wonder if he was even interested in playing hockey anymore. Very, very, very difficult individual to understand. And as interesting and different as he was off the ice, he was that much more difficult to understand the more you got to know him. Okay? Just take my word for that one. Matheson's not that. Matheson goes. Uh, he's, he's never running out of energy. When he makes a mistake, most strikingly in his own end, it's almost never 
the result of a lack of effort or the lack of caring or thinking, well, I'm some kind of super skilled, you know, hockey god that I don't need to be making these types of plays. I'll leave that to the mortals. He doesn't do that. He just gets kind of lost back there. And the other difference between Kovalev and Matheson is the most obvious of all, and that's that Kovalev was a forward and Matheson is a defenseman. And when you watch Matheson score that goal last night, don't tell me it didn't cross your mind. Don't tell me it didn't. I am not one of those people who reflexively say, Every time I see a defenseman do something good offensively and that defenseman has any kind of history of struggling uh, in his own end, move him up front. Just move him up front. That's the cure. Move him up front. Move Paul Coffey up front. Move Bobby Orr up front. Move whoever up front. Just move them up front. Chris Letang's another one. Every time he goes through one of his spells, it's move him up front. Just let him play wing. He won't hurt you up there. I'm not a believer in that. Defensemen tend to stay defensemen, and that's for a reason. Because they understand where they need to be on the rink to generate the offense that they do. And if you think about some of Matheson's best plays since he's become a Penguin, most of them are of that variety. Most of them are something that he did that originated with defense. Everyone's going to watch this goal. This is going to be the the goal of the night across the league. No doubt about that. However, however, what they won't show you is that the other night he had the secondary assists on both of the Penguins goals that were set up on really nice rushes by his partner, John Marino. In one case, Matheson went down sliding to block a shot on two on one. Bounced right back up sprung Marino to go the other way. On another one, he was backtracking near the visitor's bench, saw that the Islanders were on a line change, turned around, found Marino, hit him all the way across ice, in stride, led him perfectly. Marino goes in, sets up Jared McCann for a goal. All of those things originated. Everything I just said, all of those things originated with his being a defenseman. Now, could he create other types of offense up front? But yes, but he'd have to reteach himself. And we're already talking about someone who hasn't, for whatever reason, always had the instincts to play the position that he's already playing. So leave him alone. Leave him where he is. Man, watch him go. You know, when we come back, just one question. And that's brought to you on this program always by the very good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're there to help all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. Way too many people in our region still don't know where their next meal is coming from. And part of the food bank's mission, in addition to taking funding, to organizing it, to making it so efficient that they can produce five meals at the cost of a dollar is to reach out to those in need. 
to make sure that they go to them. If you don't know where your next meal is coming from, or you know someone who's in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help. One more time, pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help. Today's question comes from Adam Seco, who asks, Dayan, I love that the Penguins are on this streak. Does the fact that they're doing this without Evgeny Malkin put him on the trading block now or this offseason? I love Gino, but they just look great chemistry-wise, and I know Ron Hextall wants to improve toughness. I really appreciate the question. I'm grateful for every question that comes this way, just as I'm grateful for every listener to this show. I give you the sound, the horse sound, because I'm running out of ways to express how I feel about the sentiment that bringing Evgeny Malkin back is a bad thing is in and of itself a bad thing. I don't know how we have tangled history from a year ago or two years ago or four years ago when Sid was out or Gino was out and we saw this happen and we saw that happen with what has actually transpired right before our eyes in the 2021 season. We all watched Evgeny Malkin rise up to superstar level just, just before he got hurt. And in turn, we also watched the Penguins collectively, the team, rise up from the 5-5-1 start to where they are now, two points shy of the league's overall lead. Not the East Division, the league. That did not start when Gino went down. The team camaraderie and chemistry aspect did not start when Gino went down. In fact, in fact, the one thing, the one trait that this team has had from day one, the one consistent element has been that camaraderie and chemistry as evidenced by the fact that even in that time when they were 5-5-1 five, five, and one, and then after that they were winning a few more games but they were doing them in kind of crappy fashion where it was like a you know three-on-three overtime or a shootout or it required this late rally well Gino was there for those too the team didn't find itself in his absence The team was creating those comebacks, fighting back, winning in OT, winning in the shootouts. When he was there, his absence might have spawned one thing and one thing alone, I believe. I believe. And that's giving Freddie Goudreau a chance. If that sounds like I'm grossly oversimplifying it, so be it. To me, Goodrow doesn't get into that lineup until, for whatever reason, it took 
it's taken way too long for everyone to realize that Mark Jankowski has no interest whatsoever in fitting in with this hockey team in any capacity. And yet Goudreau took this long to even get onto the rink with these guys. Well, once all the centers were going down, meaning Bluger and Malkin, and then other forwards, Tanev and Kapanen, Zucker had already been out. There was no choice. You had to play Freddie Goodrow. So Goodrow comes along. This is just this is, this is my theory here. Goodrow comes along. He gets on the rink, and he makes his plays, and he does that super fancy uh, setup against Buffalo. Remember of the Zach Aston Reese goal. And we think, wow, this guy is awesome. Hey, this reminds me of 2016 and 2017 when they brought the kids up. Never mind that Goodrow's not really a kid. But this is what this reminds me of. And that happened, and these other things happened in the past whenever Gino was out. I really feel like there was this whole swirl of unrelated reactions or reflexes to stuff that's happened. And it's just, it doesn't apply here. Uh, look, I'm not going to pretend that when Gino comes back, he's going to do chip and chase, that he's going to bank it off the glass when he's in trouble in his own end. He's not. But you know what? The people who are chipping and chasing and who are banking it off the glass aren't going to do one-tenth of the things that Evgeny Malkin can do and was doing right before he got hurt. I am not, I swear, Adam, I'm not yelling in your direction. I'm trying to make my point, generally speaking, uh, exactly the way I feel it. <laughs> okay? It's not at you. It's at the broader everything. Malkin is not going on the trading block. Whatever happens to Malkin, I think will be determined a lot more by how he and they, meaning the Penguins, perform in the playoffs. Because if there's one pattern that doesn't get undone in the regular season, it's how you end your season, as we've seen many times, especially in the past couple of years. The Penguins do need to finish stronger in the playoffs than they have when they were swept by the Islanders, when they went out in five to the Canadiens. That can't become the norm. That can't become the thing. Or you have to make bigger moves. You have to start thinking in a wider scope. But we're not there yet right now. We're just not. Thanks so much for the question, Adam. Thanks to everybody for listening to this show all week. We'll be back on Monday. Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.